0: All right, welcome into the Nick Bob Podcast, coming to you live from the AOI Studios, a.k.a. my basement office. I love it down here, and when I was transitioning this, this room into my pod room, you know, I had a vision of what I wanted, and AOI made it come true. The desk, the design of it, the chairs, it all looks great, it's comfortable, I absolutely love it. And Whether it's construction or furniture, AOI is here to help make your ideas a reality, just like they did for me with my pod room. you got to check out AOI on the web, AOICorp.com. That's AOICorp.com, or give them a ring, 402-896-5520. While we're here, if you missed it, make sure you go check out my my last podcast I did with uh, Bo Robert Root, former uh, All-Big 12 Conference linebacker and my best friend on planet Earth. Uh, we broke down the new Nebraska football hires on Scott Frost's staff. We get into what we like about Matt Lubick and Mike Dawson uh, coming on board. Uh, it, was, it was a really, really fun, interesting chat, so make sure you go check that out. Uh, I am back from uh, sunny Los Angeles. I was in L.A. all weekend doing studio for Fox, which is always great. Um, you know, sometimes people ask me, like, Hey, do you like studio? Do you like games? I like doing games more, uh, it, but it's a blast to do studio. I mean, sometimes I wish I could do more studio at times. Uh, it, it's, it's so interesting, though, because it's, it's such a different experience doing studio in kind of like your, your preparation process. Like when you're, pre- when you're preparing for a game, you do a deep dive on two teams in the preparation process. So, you know, for instance, I got Creighton and Butler on Sunday. You know, you're doing a deep dive on Creighton and on Butler. Everything, right? But with with studio, you have to prepare for the the mass of the the country, right? Like, so you – instead of doing a deep dive on two teams, you do a shallow dive on, like, 30 to 35 teams. And it's just a totally different experience. And it was was fun, you know? You – One of the fun things about it was honestly, usually with my busy game schedule, calling games and preparing for games, I don't have very many opportunities to just sit on a Saturday and watch games all day, but that is exactly what I did on Saturday. I got to sit and watch all like Baylor and West Virginia and Duke and uh, and and Ohio State and Purdue and Butler and Georgetown and you know, like and Providence and Michigan State and Maryland and Seton. All, like I just sat and watched all these games. It was just a blast. Because to be honest with you, sometimes it's hard when you are so when you have when you have a heavy game schedule and you are deep diving on those two teams. Sometimes it can sacrifice your ability to watch a bunch of different games. If, if I'm being real candid with you, like sometimes I have to, rec- I have to go like download games and re- and watch them. Like I just, I, yesterday I was finally able to watch the Baylor, Kansas game. The first time they played like sometimes I'm having to do that. It's hard to watch all, all that stuff in real time. Cause ultimately the number one thing I have to do is get ready for my next game. But it was just, it was great to do studio. Got to hang out with Steve Lavin all day, uh, and he is just, he's the best, man, watching hoops with him. And we did it in what is called the Avocado Room in uh, the LA Fox Studios. It's a cool room with a million TVs and these comfy chairs. And Lav and I just hung out, watched games, did our studio thing. It was a blast. Uh, always get, enjoy getting out to LA, doing some studio. Okay, uh, the guest of the day and on deck for uh, the pod uh, cast here uh, that we're currently doing here. We got Paul Lusk. Uh, Creighton assistant coach, bunch of different things. I want to get to with coach Lusk and I'll set him up here in a second. But before we do that, we got to talk about Creighton. So it is Wednesday, February 19th. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning and the Creighton Blue Jays are the hottest team in the big East. And they're arguably one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Uh, They've won at Villanova, at Seton Hall and at Marquette. And what they did to DePaul to start the second half the other day uh, was unbelievable. Uh, they are hot. But all of a sudden, and it's amazing You know why you got to kind of stay the course with things. All of a sudden, in the span of a couple of weeks, Creighton potentially winning the Big East regular season crown doesn't seem out of the question. In fact, Creighton controls their own destiny for it right now. Seton Hall lost at Providence over the weekend. Creighton's one game back from Seton Hall. They already have beat Seton Hall in Jersey. And Seton Hall has to come to Creighton on March 7th, final game of the regular season. I mean, say it all out. Creighton controls their own destiny to win the Big East regular season crown. And all of a sudden, Creighton getting as high as a three seed in the NCAA tournament doesn't seem out of the question if they keep this rolling. Bottom line, Creighton's playing great right now. And I was thinking about this. One of the marks of a a great basketball team, at times, one of the marks at times can be, it can be hard to definitively say who that team's best player is. And Creighton can kind of feel like that. You know, I've been on the Marcus Zagorowski corner all year and I'm not moving off that. I still think he's the engine, the heartbeat, the MVP of this team. But with with that being said, what Tyshawn Alexander is doing is special. Alexander is undeniably in both the Big East defensive player of the year and Big East conference player of the year discussion right now. What that dude has done defensively, really impressive. And what's what's amazing about it is I don't think anyone really saw this kind of defensive potential from him. I mean, a year ago, he wasn't, it was Davion Mintz was the defensive stopper, not Tyshon Alexander. Heading into the year, when you're starting to, you know, you're projecting a team and 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 looking at him, like I don't think anyone said, you know, and with Tyshon Alexander, you got a guy that could potentially be the conference, you know, defensive player. I don't I don't think anybody was saying that. I mean, I feel like I know this team as good as anybody and this roster as good as anybody. I didn't think Tyson Alexander was... I thought he was a solid defender. I I didn't think he was a potentially elite defender. But what he's been doing is elite. What he's done to Marcus Howard twice and Miles Powell once is elite. Those two guards, Howard and Powell, I mean, those guys are first-team All-American candidates. Howard's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big East Conference. Those two guys are... Two of the best guards in the country. And if we're being honest, if we're you know, keeping it 100, as the, as the kids say, Tyshawn has straight up dominated both those guys when they've matched up. In both games against Marcus Howard and Tyshawn Alexander guarding him the whole time, first matchup, Howard goes 6 of 16 from the floor. And then the second matchup, last night in Milwaukee, Marcus Howard goes 4 of 14 from the floor. And Creighton won both games. For, and so Howard for a grand total against Tysha Alexander was 10 for 30 from the floor and averaged about 15 points per game in the two games, which is really, really good considering that this, you know, Marcus Howard leads the country in scoring at about 27 points per game. And in the, the game at Seton Hall about a week ago, Marcus Howard had held Miles Powell to three of 16 from the floor. I mean, that's incredible. That is Incredible. And, you know, to, to drive home the fact, this stat is courtesy of Matt Marinas via Twitter. Make sure you go follow Matt and read his stuff. Uh, White and Blue Review does an outstanding job. Tyson Alexander in three games versus Marcus Howard, Miles Powell this season. Tyson Alexander is averaging 20 points per game, shooting 46% from the floor, eight steals, two turnovers. Howard and Powell are averaging 14 points per game. They're shooting 28% from the floor, and they have 12 turnovers. I mean, like I said, if we're being honest, he has dominated both guys when Tyshawn Alexander's been on the floor with him and matched up with him. And even, you know, the analytical world digs Tyshawn Alexander on D. Defensive efficiency numbers individually, which is something that, you know, advanced analytics can, can you know, bear out. Tyshawn is number one in the country. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Like, I thought, I thought a few weeks ago Romaro Gill of Seton Hall had the defensive player of the year wrapped up but now I'm not so sure now I'm not so sure and to be honest with you I thought Miles Powell had the conference player of the year wrapped up man and I know I mean I almost got to take a drink before I say that like if Creighton wins out and wins the league, Tyson Alexander has to be in the conference player of the year discussion, right? Right? I mean, I'm not like... If, if Creighton wins out... If Creighton wins out and wins the, the, the regular season conference crown, like, he's got to be in the conference player of the year discussion, Right? I'm a big believer in that. Like I'm not saying it, the 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 conference player of the year always has to be whoever wins the league, but like I'm a bit like to the victor go the spoils, man. Like you you better team success breeds individual success. Now, it's going to be really hard to supplant Miles Powell and Marcus Howard. I mean, Howard was the biggest player of the year last year, and Miles Powell was the preseason player of the year this year. And Miles Powell's been in the discussion for national player of the year. So it kind of doesn't make much sense that, like, your, your national player of the year, Miles Powell. Your biggest conference player of the year, not Miles Powell. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Huh? So the reality is sometimes when a narrative gets written, it can be hard to erase it. So Tyshawn Alexander has an uphill battle. But it's a it's a discussion now. The the, def- the the guy has played so well. And most importantly, Creighton has played so well that Alexander has put himself in both the Big East Defensive Player of the Year and Big East Conference Player of the Year discussions. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, the way Creighton is playing right now is. I mean, they're not just one of the hottest teams in the conference. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. And so you hope they're not, you know, peaking too early. You hope they can kind of keep on, keep this rolling. But, you know, this team looks and feels special right now. No doubt about it. Okay, so today's guest, Paul Lust, Creighton assistant coach. I've been wanting to get this guy on for a while. Uh, coach Lusk has been on the staff uh, here in in Omaha at Creighton for about two years. For two years, and he came from Missouri State, where Paul Lusk was the head coach for seven years. And Paul Lusk is, uh, you know, he's a longtime assistant of Matt Painter, and so he's kind of like a defensive guy. And Lusk is pretty much the defensive coordinator for this Creighton team, and. Tell you what, he's done a great job. He Lusk doesn't get the love he should from people with the job he's done on defense with this program and with this team in particular. Creighton is so much more sound and tenacious and connected defensively this year, and I think a lot of that can get traced back to Coach Lusk. And I figured, you know, with Tyson Alexander's emergence on that end of the floor and Creighton's emergence as a much-improved defensive team... You know what? I was like, you know what, I gotta get my guy Paul Lusk on on the pod here and, and chat with him. So, you know, let's do it. Let's uh let's let's bring him on. Here is Creighton assistant coach. Great guy. One of my favorite guys, Paul Lusk. All right, it is a pleasure to uh, to have this guy who is currently, I'd, I'd imagine, uh, greatness is a coach. Paul Lusk. are you on Dodge Street right now, driving into the office? Are we are we on like West Dodge or where are we at right now?
1: I've I've got the traffic figured out. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I don't go in during the rush hours. you either going really early or a little bit late.
0: Yes, Isn't it funny the different because living in living in, in Omaha there there's like a a five to ten minute window. Where if you're like before it, you're great, but if you're after that little ten minute window, you're in gridlock for for a long time. It's not good. So you're 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 making adjustments. I like it here, Lusk. I like it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so you know we're taping this here on uh on the nineteenth. It's almost ten o'clock in the morning. Last night Creighton uh, went to Milwaukee won a really kind of tough intense it was physical guys were uh you know there was a lot of dudes on the floor it was a it was a hard fought win. We got to start with tyson alexander coach great again defensively he's now had a crack at Howard twice and Powell once, and he's pretty much locked all three up to the degree that you can lock those guys up what's what is it that that Tyson alexander's doing so well defensively to you?
1: Well I think he's got good size and It's funny, uh, when we were doing his little pregame workout yesterday, right when we got done of his little uh, shooting workout, I just said, man, I I wasn't here when you were a freshman, but isn't experience and mileage in terms of logging minutes and being in game situations and just evolving and maturing, isn't that a big difference? I said, because like last year, if you didn't generally, if he didn't make a shot, I don't, I don't know how committed he was to the other end. And I just think he's bought in. He has some tools. He's taken pride in it. Um, And I think that's, that, that's a great credit to him. Uh, Can you be a good player when you're not making shots? Can you still impact the game? And I think uh, in my, in my opinion, like he's doing it, as good as anyone in our league and mm-hmm. I know you talk about Miles Powell who's a terrific player and Marcus Howard but Ty's doing it on both ends um, he's impacting the game we know about his elite shot making ability but I think his rebounding uh, even early in the year he had a couple double digit rebound games uh, he's getting assist he takes care of the ball he's driving the ball better playing off two feet so uh, he's doing it on both ends, and um, uh, it's impressive.
0: You know, I think one of the things, one of the most underrated things for good defensive players is being able to to anticipate and read when things are coming, especially when you're guarding guys like Powell and Howard, where all of a sudden you don't get caught flat-footed and get banged with a screen, and now all of a sudden you're screwed, right? I mean, you like when you're guarding yes. guys like that, you have to see things two to three ticks before they happen I think he's doing that at a really high level too
1: well I think one area that he's gotten better at like so many times if you're a reactive defensive player instead of being proactive and and doing exactly what you said thinking a little bit ahead uh you're gonna be you're gonna be in trouble if you're reactive Mm -hmm. and he's a lot more proactive I think he studies it um I think he's he's motivated by having to go guard those very good players. So uh, I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, Nick, but even against DePaul the other day, like we, we were, we we're very concerned about Jalen Coleman lands because he can get away from people and like ties line. I think he had eight rebounds, five steals, however many points, but uh, he's, he's becoming a complete player. And I still think there's a lot of room of, for growth for him, but uh, uh, he's playing at a high level right now.
0: Paul, don't you think, like, what you – the little anecdote you just gave about Tyshawn talking to him before the game about, like, mileage and experience and all that, could could you extrapolate that for the rest of the team in – let's be honest, Coach, like, a lot of these games – Creighton lost a year ago, you know, like right there couldn't maybe some nights, you know, put themselves in a position to win and just couldn't get over the hump. Like there are a lot of tangible differences with this team, but could you argue that the biggest reason why Creighton's, you know, 15th in the country right now is the intangible difference of just experience and shared experiences from a year ago?
1: I mean, I think that's the most important thing in college basketball and, when you have guys that have been through it, and maybe they've gone through some tough losses while having some good wins, but growing, going through those experiences, sticking together, sticking with the process, Mac does a great job with that. Uh, in terms of just keeping our guys positive, uh, seeing the big picture, uh, having great temperament with them, Max, Max, one of the best at that. But our guys have just. Uh, you know they they've got mileage on them now, yeah. and and now they're uh, they're able to take that mileage and, and, and apply it, and it helps us. It helps our team, and um, we've got very cerebral guys, which is very important on both ends. Everybody talks about it on the defensive end, but you have to have uh, cerebral guys on both ends, and I think they they understand uh, each other and they understand what we're trying to do. So yeah, all of that experience, uh, you, you can't be good at something that you've never done. Right. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like if, if an 18 year old kid goes to a car lot and he tries to buy a car, who do you think's going to win that battle? The car dealer, <laughs> because he's never been through it. Right. And, and so it, it's kind of the same with us. Our guys have got some experience. They've been through it. So they're going to be better
0: at it. so, what's it been like for you cuz you're you're kind of like the de facto defensive coordinator for the team but you know your background you know being around Matt Painter and and that style of defense it is is much more kind of like hey get in a stance let's heat up these guys you know let, let's get physical with them how has it been kind of blending your vision of defense with what coach McDermott wants to do defensively which is a little bit different because it's a lot of it's there's some scatterous report specific things on hey we're not going to guard this guy we're going to go over this screen but under that screen how has that been for you
1: well it's been good number one and it's a credit to Mac because he's a great coach but it's you don't ever feel like you're working for Mac. You feel like you're working with him, mm-hmm. and, and I and I truly believe that. But um, just just getting our guys to buy in, and we've changed some things. But at the end of the day, uh, you know they, they're the ones that have to go out and and execute it. And and it's not so much about executing it on game night. It's it's can you do it in practice and and have some things that you can your hat on and we've gotten better we're still you know we still have areas that we have to grow in on the defensive end but it's been fun and uh we've got a great staff to work with and and the guys are that's half the battle nick like having guys that want to be coached right. And and our guys do want to be coached and and uh they listen and uh Yet we've given them a voice. Mac always gives our guys a voice, and and that's very important too. Because uh, you just don't want you just don't want to be the only voice. You want your guys uh, almost being team led, and, and and them having a voice so they understand what we want to do. Uh, they buy in, um, and and it's been fun to watch.
0: How uh, maybe an interesting question here. I don't, it, so. You were you were the head coach at Missouri State for seven years prior to to coming to to Creighton. Did your time as a head coach make you a better assistant coach, having now understood kind of what it's like to sit in that chair?
1: I think I think no doubt that uh, when you've been a head coach and and whether it's through struggles or through successes, you you're just gonna you're gonna be better. And uh, I remember when I first visited with Mac about the job, I told him, I said, "Hey, so many guys are chasing that head coaching job, and uh, I said, hey, i I've 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 been through that, had some had some tough times at Missouri State, but uh, I'm here to serve. I want to help our guys. I wanna I want to help the program, and and uh, I'm really not worried about anything else. I don't want a whole lot of the credit. I enjoy." Uh, coaching the guys I enjoy working with the staff and and I think that's what it's about right Uh, and and I'm grateful that you know Mac has let me do that he lets me coach and he lets me um, have a voice but but he's the boss and it's his program he's done a great job with it but uh, there's no doubt that having that experience is is probably helped me hopefully become better you're always trying to get better.
0: So, what's it like as a as a coach as when, when you're on the staff when your team is hot and your team's playing great? I mean, right now you guys are playing best basketball you have all season long. You've won eight of your last nine games. Uh, you know, because you go in. Is it more about just every day coming into practice and and just reaffirming things, trying to continue to keep them? Do you, do you try to make sure they're not getting too full of themselves? Like what that? What's that like when? I think everybody can wrap their mind around when things aren't going well. Kind of what you know, you're thinking of different ways to kind of switch it. But when things are going well, that that's a different kind of approach when you go to the practice floor or whatever the case may be. What 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 is that like?
1: Well, that can always be challenging, and you would you would prefer. Uh, to concentrate on the X's and O's uh, in college basketball and the development, but you know this because you've been around the game long enough. Most of the time, that isn't what you're concentrating right. on. You're, you're <laughs> concentrating on getting the six inches between the ears right, yeah. you know, and, and making sure they're motivated, uh, making sure that if you're coming off of a tough loss, uh, you know, do they need a little bit of a push? Um, I generally think that when you're feeling good and, and you're winning a lot of games, that's when you got to keep them sharper and maybe turn the heat up. But I think where we're at right now, uh, Nick, you always worry about this time of the season. Like, are you going to be motivated? Are guys going to be hooked up? But I think this group is, it has grown and they're a pretty mature group. I think they understand what's at stake And, um, I, I think, you know, hopefully we won't have to worry about if they have any juice or not, they're going to be ready to go. And, uh, you have to enjoy the, the wins, but we'll have a very tough game against Butler Sunday.
0: Uh, what's your impression of the big East here? I mean, uh, you know, you've been, you've been in the big 10, you understand me. What do you think of the big East in particular this season? Well, I, I mean, I've
1: really enjoyed it and, and it's, it's been good for me, uh, to be in a different league. I, I've, you know, most of my career, I've been on mostly college type campuses, college type towns and, and being in the big East where there's uh, big cities yeah. and, and obviously Omaha, it, it is a big city. It's been a lot of fun for me. Very impressed with it. Great league, great fans, great coaches. Uh, so from that standpoint, I've really enjoyed it to, to see something different and, and to continue to learn.
0: Well, a couple more things we'll let you run here, coach. What do you I mean, I've just been if you would turn on the film from for example like the Arizona State game and watch how Mahoney was approaching things and then watch the last few games, it's remarkable how relatively quickly he's assimilated into the system and the style and the way that you guys want to play. What do you attribute that to? Like, what's been the number one catalyst for that? Because, man, he is, I think Travis Steele called him a game changer, and he certainly is, but a lot of that is like, yeah, he's got the talent, but he is just, he has fit in pretty seamlessly after, you know, a a few weeks when he became eligible.
1: No, he's done a great job, and if you remember, Nick, even his first game, Uh, against Oklahoma. He was, he was ultra aggressive and we like that aggressiveness. I really believe, and I think our staff believed that, you know, we were probably, we felt like maybe we were going to have to tell Denzel (laughs) to to be more aggressive. All right. Right? Yeah. Well, obviously that was out the window (laughs) against Oklahoma. He came out and was letting it rip. And I think that's a good thing, but he's fit in. And and when you're winning um, um, it's easier to fit in. So Uh, he is, he's an absolute weapon for us. Um, especially when we go to that small ball lineup, I think he's helped us on both ends. Um, and he'll continue to get better. He's got a lot of growth left in him, but, uh, that's been a, that's been a big thing. Um, get, you know, you, 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 it's numerous things. You got to have good guys. You got to get on a roll. You've got to get some breaks um, getting, losing Sharif, uh, for that amount of time, we were for the most part able to overcome it, but like for Sharif, every freshman goes through, uh, the grind of the season and they all hit a wall. I've seen NBA players that when they were freshmen hit walls and, and while Sharif was out with the concussion, I think that kind of refreshed him though, uh, physically, mentally, his legs are back up under him. So, getting him back is help but yeah all those guys are important um Denzel's been tremendous for us and uh we hope that continues
0: get you out of here on this I mean for you guys to kind of keep this rolling and and keep the momentum in the right direction and keep on kind of trending in the right direction heading to March like when you look at your group what it what is it that you need to maybe do better or you need to continue to do well as as this season marches forward
1: well, it always helps to make shots. Yeah, sure. That covers that covers up a <laughs> lot of sins. But uh I, I think I think last night, what were we? Nineteen assists uh to ten turnovers. Yeah. We had too many uh turnovers against um DePaul. But I think continue to take care of the basketball. Uh just play. I think we're at our best when we just play and we share the basketball. Uh and then you have to get stops. And and we're we're limited in some areas uh, from a defensive standpoint, but then when we do get stops, uh, getting the rebound and being able to get out and transition. And, and then I'll say this, and this may sound very trivial, but you have to stay healthy. No doubt. And, uh, um, Mac has done, Mac's done a terrific job of, of limiting our, our, our practice time. Right. And because at the end of the day, those guys are going to play a lot of minutes come game night. So, uh, he's done a really good job of being smart about our approach to practice. And, um, and I think that's helped us and we've got to continue to do that.
0: Paul Lusk, he, uh, he is, it sounds like you've arrived at the office. So go in there and start doing your thing. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, it's been a blast to watch you. and I will see you on Sunday, my man.
1: Sounds good, Nick. Keep up the good work, man. Thanks. Thanks coach. production.